0: I'm Mae Campbell. Hi, I'm Rachel Malcolm. I'm Sarah Hunter. This is the Prem 15s in 15. Prem 15s in 15. TW2's Premier 15s in 15.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the late-night edition of the Prem 15s in 15 minutes, brought to you by the TW2 podcast. I'm still Fergus Mainland, joined this evening by Imogen Ainsworth and James Price. And James, we're coming straight to you at the top of the episode. Please, would you be able to talk us through the results of this special week of the Prem 15s, which was just wrapping up some of the delayed fixtures from before Christmas? I can indeed. Three fixtures this weekend, starting out with
2: DMP Sharks versus Wasp Women, possibly the pick of the weekend, and it was a 30 points to 5 victory for DMP, a huge one that I'm sure we'll get into in just a moment. So Sharks took on Saracen's Women, and that was another big scoreline, 5 points to 71 in favour of Saracens. And finally, University of Worcester Warriors women took on Bristol Bears women, and that ended 26 points to 38 to Bristol. And Fergus, as you often ask me, where does that leave us? <laughs> well, you beat table? me to it. Where does it leave the table? <laughs> I tell. It does leave the table with, once again, the familiar faces of Gloucester Hartbury sitting up there in the top spot. Exeter Chiefs, Saracens, and Harlequins. Make up the rest of the top four with Bristol edging their way closer, 26 points there on. Uh, they've still got a ways to go to budge into that top four, 35 points Harlequins are on, so still nine points the difference. Worcester Warriors down in sixth, followed by Sale Sharks, Loughborough Lightning, and once again it's DMP and Wasps down at the bottom, but this time DMP have some points on the board. It's five points for DMP, and unfortunately, Wasps still
1: on none. Mm. Uh, Thank you very much, James. What we are going to do now, we're going to shift up the running order and we're going to dive straight into Matt's moment of merit. He's chosen an absolute corker this week. See what he's got to say about this week's top moment from the Prem 15s.
3: I could beat around the bush a little bit and uh, talk around my moment of the week before getting to it, but let's just call it like it is, DMP Sharks won a game. It's their first win since uh, 2021, best part of two years. Uh, Not only was it a win, but it was a pretty decisive win against Wasps. Uh, And for a team that know that they won't exist in their current form after the end of this season, a team who have battled and kept themselves in it in so many games uh, and kept their morale up in situations that would crush some lesser teams Uh, this is a win that is long overdue and that they've well deserved so I'm not going to pick a particular moment uh, for this week let's just celebrate everyone at DMP Sharks for for getting that win Um, and I can only imagine the party after the game I wish I was there
1: so thanks as always to Matt for providing his moment of merit we'll be hearing from him again next week But we're going to stick with that DMP Sharks win image and a huge moment in DMP's, not just their season, but actually over the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, I think so. We obviously have to put into perspective the fact that Wasps only had 18 players, Um, make of that what you will, Um, and DMP have made some big signings recently, whereas Wasps, we've seen their signings, their big signings kind of fizzle out elsewhere in the Premiership, unfortunately, um, due to their situation. But yeah, I think surely one of the two teams had to win and on paper it definitely was going to be DMP so I'm not not particularly surprised. Um Happy for them to be able to get a win um, and move off the bottom of the table now, which yeah, is good. And,
2: and remember this is a, a DMP Sharks side that has actually strengthened Mm. in the last mm. couple of of obviously, Fergus, you've been sort of front and centre of that story. Maybe you can dive into it a bit more. But while DMP Sharks have been increasing their player base, wasps, like you say, have barely none, and they had a yellow card during the game. So it's really a formula yeah. for winning.
0: They, we saw them in, a few weeks ago, have, I sometimes they have 22 players, and then I saw the team yeah. sheet with 18 now. I was like, yeah. oh,
2: God. Maybe you can jump into that in a sec. I just want to say one thing about wasps, which is I think we mentioned it right at the end of the last pod, which is that we have to remember what a historic women's side WASPs are Mm. and how much success that they've had in the past Mm. before the Prem 15s even existed as an entity. And them losing this game this weekend as a sort of a club, as an institution, is a big deal. So it's actually, not to doubt the mood, but it's a bit of a sad moment for them. Obviously, we don't exactly know where the men's side might end up soon. We'll find out. But for the women, we sort of know their trajectory and it's not upwards and that's a really unfortunate story for them.
0: Yeah, it's another yeah. reminder of kind of the situation going on in rugby, you know, it's not confined to just the men's game by mm. any stretch and while we do, you know, like to joke about it and say, oh, DMP have got a win, it is such a shame to see Wasps fall from the heights that they once were down to, down to where they are at the moment, it's a, such a shame for the game.
1: Yeah, we're not that far removed from times where Wasps were up in playoff contention towards mm. the top of this Prem 15's table. And here they are, just slipping down, just because of all the all the all the nonsense that's been going on there. Uh, and once again, it's the players that are missing out on this. Uh, it's the players that are going to be losing out on job opportunities, the players who have got financial uncertainty now ahead, and big question marks over their future. But I suppose flipping it to the more positive side of it is the win for DMP. And I've been going through some of these statistics. And we've previously talked about, and I've covered the huge number of signings that they brought in, huge number of American signings, and a lot of them saw action, um, not just in the team sheet, but in in the scoring as well. So the likes of Maya Beiser, Rachel Arecki, Olivia Ortiz, Catherine Trader, all involved in the scoring for DMP. So they're making really good use of these Americans that they've brought over. And you do sort of wonder, well, they've won one game, can they... Can they win another? I think it's taken a lot of time for these Americans to come in and and gel and make their way into, all of them into the starting lineup. But now they're in, they're scoring tries and um, they're putting together some good performances. So we had a very close encounter at six ways between Bristol Bears women. They traveled and played University of Worcester Warriors women, 38 points to 26. Bristol Bears came out on top of Worcester. Fantastic encounter there but what we're going to do is actually focus on the big news that is coming out at the top right at the very top of women's rugby imaging and that is that Simon Middleton the head coach of the Red Roses will be stepping down from his position after the Six Nations and you've been doing a bit more investigating into this.
0: Um, yeah so Simon Middleton joined the RFU in 2014 um, and he oversaw the England women's uh, sevens programme um, and in 2016, they obviously made history being part of the first Olympic Games uh, with sevens on the programme, um, and narrowly missed out on a medal with, in- uh, with GB Sorry, finishing fourth. Um, he then was assistant coach for the 15s World Cup in 2014, where they, uh, England obviously won, which was brilliant. Um, in 2021, he became the first women's coach to be named World Rugby Coach of the Year. And was also awarded an MB in the same year for his services to the sport. It's quite a CV. Yeah, it's quite a CV, <laughs> but no no World Cup wins as a as the man in charge, which is a, an interesting one. And he was on a press conference this morning. and He said the decision to leave only kind of was made by him about two weeks ago, which I find quite interesting. And he also said that if they hadn't announced that the the next World Cup was going to be in England, that the thought process he had going into the previous World Cup would have been a lot clearer. Which I think is quite in, understanding. In what way? In the kind of, that would be his last one, I think. I think it's taken a bit of time for him to think, do I want to stop now in the World Cups, you know, a uh, couple of years away mm. and in England, or do I want, you know, or do I want to hold on for that? Which I think is quite, quite interesting. Another thing that he said, which slightly, I said, infuriated me is probably too harsh a way to put it, but he kind of made this insinuation that in the next... The next head coach should, should be a woman. And while I think it'd be great to have a woman in the role, the person that's assigned the role should be done so because of their coaching ability, not because of their gender. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I just think it's negative to expect women have to be the head coach of the women's team. I think it should be the person that's most qualified. If that's a woman, great. If that's not, you know, also great.
2: I guess I can, you can see what he's trying to do mm. because he's been head of a, an all-male coaching team mm. that went to the World Cup. And he's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. But as often happens, especially coming out of blokes' mouths, <laughs> yeah. it, it comes across in, in the wrong way. Um, so I don't know whether I have, again, say I have sickly yeah. throwing is the wrong way, but I obviously totally I agree with the you.
0: the direct quote was, my position is one that is better placed to be filled by a woman than one of the other coaching positions, he said. My position is a lot less hands-on coaching, more of a director of rugby star role. It could work if you have a female coach who has gone to that sort of level where she has done a lot of coaching and wants to be wants to have a slightly different slant on that. And um, Rugby Babble on Twitter have been quite annoyed and said, you know, to infer that women should be, would be well-placed to take on a less hands-on role is kind of an insult. Mm. Um, mm. I think it's interesting. I, d- I don't like this narrative that it has to be a woman for the sake of it being a woman.
1: You want you want it to be the person who is going to put England in a position to win a World Cup. Yeah. Um, and you want someone who is capable of building up a squad, um, picking the people who are informed to go and win England first of all Grand Slams before that, and then take them to take them to Twickenham in in a few years' time and win them a World Cup. I think we've had people at this stage already, like so Jo Yap at Worcester she's been tipped as a potential candidate, and I think I think she'd do a fantastic job mm-hmm. at it. I think she's very very capable of doing it. But then you also look around the rest of the Prem Fifteens if we're if we're going to pick from Prem Fifteens, just like we picked from the Gallagher Premiership for um, Steve Borthwick. Then you look at the likes of Dave Ward, Alec Os- Alex Osterbury. Those names spring to mind, running successful programs. So it's it's someone who's going to be able to build a very, very strong relationship with the players mm. and steer them towards the next level of success. Simon's taken us to, I say us, you, mm-hmm. to a World Cup final. Yeah. It's not taking you to the win, and that's what you need. Someone to also- take them for a win.
0: He said that he said I'm not quite sure winning it would have made me feel any different to losing. If I'm honest, I think it just got to the end of that part of the journey. Which I think it's quite interesting.
2: It so my overall feeling of this is it should be this is one of the most successful mm. Red Rose coaches of all time, if not the. And yet, there's a feeling of discontent. There's yeah. a feeling. There's a, there's not a positive feeling in him living. It shouldn't be. It, well, obviously, you know, he well, you ended up not his, having... You, the talked, w- you
1: talked about his CV and how yeah. brilliant that was. Yeah, exactly.
2: So an incredible CV. Obviously, he hasn't got that World Cup win, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, he would have loved to have had that on his CV. But, you know, we saw at the end of the World Cup final, immediately, pundits, players were saying, time for him to go. I wonder if give a little bit of time, some things, some might just come out a little bit. I remember we spoke to Shauna Brown and she sort of spoke, spoke about that culture in England where maybe we weren't quite sure if it was mm. international culture or the England culture where yeah. she felt like she couldn't quite express herself fully and at Harlequin she felt like she could. Who knows? But um, I guess just, just to finish off on your point from my perspective, like completely agree with you in terms of the, the male or female ridiculous sort of mm. thing. I mean just just look at the, the Black fans. Yeah. It can obviously be positive when you have a, <laughs> a bloke as a coach. Wayne Smith came in and was brilliant and Adam Bunting has just come in to be their new uh, director of rugby. So yeah, although um, that said, I would love to see up do the job.
0: Yeah, I think definitely for me, it has to be the best person for the job and not to make this all about myself, but in the, in the sports industry myself, I've had comments of, of, you've only got that because you're a woman. And I feel like comments like this, saying that it has to be women to get this job just um, highlights that a bit more, that this warped idea that, that women just get jobs because they're women and that's why they've been given a job. But I think you should, in every job, should be there on your merit. And I think I wouldn't like the next coach, if they're a woman, for people to think, oh, they've just got that because they're a woman and they've, yeah, they've been picked because they're a woman and that's why they're doing it. I want them to yeah. be there on their merit and people to go, no, that's the best coach Absolutely. for the job. I I've think. kind
2: of just processed what you said his quote was, which is, I think a woman would be suited to the role because it's less hands-on. Mm. It's yeah. so out of touch. <laughs> yeah, I, so... I don't know what he was trying to say there, but I've just realised it just sounds so bad, man.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if that's what he meant. Um, it doesn't matter. That's the words that have come yeah. out. Yeah, and he, also an interesting one that's come out of that is um, Abby Ward um, from mm. Bristol in England. She's going to be taking on kind of a coaching role um, while well, she has a bit of a break to start a family. Um, Which I'm looking forward to seeing. Is the baby going to be doing the scrum?
2: We'll we'll find out.
0: Maybe it should be England's, or we don't know if it's a girl or boy, maybe they'll be England's England's next star. We Mm. we will find out.
1: Mm. Similar, I suppose, to what um, Rachel Burford's been doing with Harlequins Mm. with her injury Mm. this year, which steers us very nicely back onto the world of club rugby. And looking ahead to this weekend's fixtures, and we've got an absolute roster and a half. Of them.
2: we've gone They're American
0: brilliant. in yeah, fact we're, we're so DMP we've, we've v- gone yeah, American
2: we've gone <laughs> off the back of a Super Bowl James
1: <laughs> can you just try, run us through what we've got uh, coming this weekend
2: I believe I can uh, as, as you like to say your favourite phrase a bumper weekend blockbuster <laughs> blockbuster is <Barnburner. laughs> <laughs> Any of them of Premiership Rugby and I guess the headline Fergus, and luckily you and I are gonna be in the midst of the action. Saracens in the game are taking on what is this the specific jewel. word? This the duel. Is, the, it jewel. is it the jewel? Right. I get confused with big summer blowout and the Big game. Summer Blowout, big, game. This, big game. They're only
0: like a few days apart, yeah. big summer blowout. Basically rugby's
2: game. happening and it's between Saracens and Harlequins <laughs> and that's gonna be huge. That's at yeah. two o'clock down on Saturday Gloucester are taking on uh, the, it's top v bottom Gloucester versus Wasps at 3 o'clock on Saturday Worcester will take on Exeter I'm really excited to see that one actually I'd like to see that score Worcester haven't had the, the way of the results in the last couple of couple of matches but such positivity coming
1: out of them. particularly with that one being at six weeks as well.
2: Exactly, yeah. Um, DMP and Bristol take on each other, and the final match of the weekend is Loughborough versus Sale, that mid-week, mid-week mid-table clash once again.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Some really uh, big fixtures we're looking forward to, potentially changes in the table coming up. But that's all we've got for you this week on the Prem 15s, In 15, brought to you by the TW2 podcast, and we'll see you all next week.